Yeah, it's fucking me. Yeah, and uh, listen to the fucking Hameen Media Group. That's Ben Hameen, Hameen Media Group from Rip Rogers. Go get him and go fuck yourself. <laughs> Ding dong. Hello? Yes, Yallah, Yallah, infidels, that's right. It's Monday, so rise and praise. Get out of your cage and get ready to slay another week here with Hamid Media Group officially. ChannelAttitude.com. Take your hand, raise it in the air, and give yourself a $5 face slap. And hey, pal, me the money, morons. It's time to kick off the week with all the headlines from the bullshit dirt sheets here at HMG. Your law. <laughs> Uh, good morning, fam. Good morning. Hopefully you're doing good. Hopefully you had a great weekend, another big productive weekend here at HMG. was really, really uh, working my ass off on all fronts. There's those long-term goals that are going to take quite a while, and then there's those uh, short-term ones we can focus on and see a little return on. You just got to put in uh, the extra work to do it, and I felt good. I was working on uh, horseshoe genetics Um uh, nutrient line and we've actually got our first four products on amazon so the worm juice the cal mag solution the ph up ph down is uh is available on amazon man and that is a, a crazy feeling as a business owner i mean uh, there's plenty of products on amazon so it's not like we're special but uh you know when you when you take an idea all the way from inside uh the recesses of your mind and then make it produce it design it and now market it and get it out there man it's uh it was a very cool weekend to see uh our work go up there so if you're looking for nutrients for your garden not just cannabis but you can always get the best cannabis seeds at horseshoegenetics.com you can also get the nutrient line there and hats as well uh but uh to have it on amazon was very cool man took some work took some time and uh now it's up and rocking uh for sure so very, very cool there. Also went to, uh, took the wives to a farmer's market where hopefully we can uh, get in there with, uh, get in where you fit in with the other company there with the dispensary, trying to get everything up and running there. And today I have to go look at another commercial space with my partner. So there's no rest for the wicked here at HMG, man. But uh, to see those things happen and uh, to to accomplish uh, some, some goals this weekend, very, very cool. And uh, also getting the labels for the next horseshoe genetics uh, cloning solution climax cloning solution and climax gel uh not for uh sexual purposes however do us thou wilt i guess um yeah to, and to get those uh labels ordered and they should be here soon so i have six new products out on the market for summer for the grow season uh exactly what our goals were and a couple more we have four more after that so Big, big time business all the way around here, uh, as well as uh, the frustration of being a sure as hard being a businessman. But uh, got to get out and walk the dogs of war and uh, had a little ice cream this weekend <laughs> and worked my ass off, too. Holy shit. I, uh, I switched from boxing back to Muay Thai, the core to force workout. Uh, I did shred. Uh, if you if you're familiar with the beach body workouts or not, but man, it kicked the fuck on me. I can only get through eight of nine rounds. And then I played golf with referee sideburns and beat him, uh, you know, as I usually do. Uh, but 
it was good because uh, my body was so tired that my muscles weren't like tensing up and I was uh, doing okay. My putting sucked, but uh, <laughs> I was smashing the ball off the tee. So uh, a good weekend all around, great weather-wise, and hopefully you guys had a good one kicking off uh, June, the official summer fun and everything that's going down with graduations and weddings. I know we've all got that stuff coming up big time here. So uh, excellent, excellent uh, time to – get outside uh, and uh, refresh and, and have some good times and live life. I see big Stevie cools in the chat this morning. Uh, you guys got to check out his new video uh, on Zoe Stark's finishers. He breaks it down with his new smart board technology doing that um, uh, Madden uh, telestrator right over the top of it. And, you know, Stevie, it, it'd be easy for, it'd be easy for me just to go in and, and talk some shit on moves that I don't do or <laughs> would never deliver. But, uh, you know, Stevie is highly qualified, obviously, uh, in, in, uh, all aspects of pro wrestling at every level. And, and, and this one, especially very, very cool, uh, breakdown and, and very positive and constructive where it would be easy just to like, punch holes in people's shit and, and walk away and like got them. But, uh, that's not what he does at all. It was one of my favorite, uh, favorite Stevie Richards videos right now. You guys go check it out. Stevie Richards, uh, YouTube. And, uh, I'm looking forward to more. I just hope I'm not on them. <laughs> I think every wrestler in the world, uh, that, that, uh, now sees this like, wow, that's an awesome tool and whatnot, but, uh, can punch holes in all of our game. And there's plenty in my in ring. So, uh, we'll see maybe if, uh, he, he can correct me on how to hit somebody with a chain or hit him in the face with a fireball. Cause, uh, <laughs> there'll be plenty on the technical side of everything going on. But I'm glad to see him creative, doing awesome stuff, man. And I can't wait to see the next ones. So go over there. Now, don't just like that video. Share it. And I hope uh, those talents that are getting critiqued are understanding that it's a master's education, master's level education that you're getting. That obviously their own coaches aren't breaking down for them of why they probably shouldn't be getting their shit in that way. And there's a better way to do it and a safer way to do it. Uh, y'all, uh, the artist in returns, uh, you want to see me on the golf course, uh, put your money down, <laughs> put your money down. I'll be glad to take it from you. Uh, y'all, uh, man, but the, the chat room filling up here already this morning on our way to 33. Also my man, uh, Charles, the hammer Evans in the house this morning. What's good. Uh, hammer man. I always uh, enjoy talking to him on chat, dude. One of my, uh, OVW big brothers there that set the tone of excellence that I, I try to, uh, Come up to also a far superior wrestler to myself, but I've got all the belts, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but good morning to you guys, uh, veterans and fans alike, man. Always fun to see him hanging out digitally. We'll see if uh, Timmy B limps his way in. I also said it to the vet and also big shout out to RBV feeling under the weather, man. I know that absolutely sucks. He's had a, a rough weekend. Uh, Doing, uh, you know, pl trying to keep plenty on track with uh, RBV Eats and the, and, the, and the actual track itself. But when you're feeling shitty, man, you just got to take care of yourself. So no heat with me. And I just want uh, everybody on HMG staff to be feeling better. Even Kaz, who did a little self-inflicted uh, damage <laughs> this weekend, going to t uh, Toronto Blue Jays games and hanging out in Toronto. Uh, and uh, might have got into the into the beer and liquor and smiz a little bit too much and paid the price the next day. And dude, that's it. I know where he's at, man. Cause once you hit late thirties, early forties to kick out from a night of boozing, like you, you could when you were in your twenties and you think you still got it like that. You're, 
your body absolutely says no. <laughs> and you need two or three days to re- boot and rally and all that kind of shit. Uh, man, next time I'm in DC area, your next round's on me. Oh, let's do it, pal. You're goddamn right. We play them big courses up here. I brought Mondo up here. He's like, Shiki, holy shit. Because down in Long Island, they play par threes, you know, like pitching putts because there's not a lot of space. Up here, it's nothing but rolling hills and farmland. So we've got par four, uh, 430-yard courses where you got to smash the ball. Uh, but uh, luckily, my drive's been doing good. Also, Johnny Publix. Uh, it's a veteran uh, chat room today, you guys, as, as I sit here solo and wax poetic and hoping for a, a co-host, but that's fine, man. Sometimes I like to do a little get my shit in solo show, but hopefully it's entertaining enough for uh, the veterans that they're not tuning me out this morning. But feel free to check me, you guys, and uh, keep me humble, uh, as always, man, uh, and honor the chic. Uh, but y'all, uh, we'll see who does the, the run in man, <laughs> Toronto trash, uh, he, or Toronto thrash, I should say. That's why you stay drunk every day to, to avoid recuperating. Oh, that was, in, that was in my college years, man. I don't think I can stay drunk every day. God damn. I wouldn't get anything done. That'd be, that'd be rough. Uh, but hopefully you enjoyed your favorite cocktail this weekend, poolside, lakeside, or just on the back porch, uh, kicking it, having a good time, man. It was, a a great weekend all around for that stuff. Uh, and unless you couldn't see because of a bright orange haze and uh, smelled like uh, campfire smoke. I don't know. There's there's a lot going down with all that. I know GGP is probably hot of me because we're not doing horsemen. Not that we're not doing it. It's just like what time is there to do it? <laughs> uh, and there's so many things happening that are on such a massive level that you just want to throw the horseman, uh, you know, bat signal up in the air and have the boys come running, whether it's UAPs or whatever you want to call them, UFOs and (laughs) people in Vegas saying that there's eight foot aliens in their backyard. And then, you know, these clips get released on Twitter that are quick propaganda pieces that look like CC, uh, what is it? CTE camera, CC, whatever, closed cabinet or whatever camera, you know what the fuck I'm talking about, CCTV uh, camera that are exposed as people doing really great work with animation and After Effects instead of just getting the actual footage of of what is going on back there, you know, so the cops go in the backyard on the call and they turn their body camera off, so men in black, so like uh project blue beam and you know and then with a, another another guy here another guy uh with the stooge report right out of uh you know the pentagon saying yes we've captured many vehicles and pilots of uh ufos without saying aliens and all that kind of stuff man uh very very uh interesting you know especially for Guys like us, fans like you, who've been uh, watching this shit for a long time, watching Horsemen, and we grew up uh, coming, you know, out of that Challenger, alleged Challenger explosion, <laughs> uh, you know, as kids and and our parents growing up and growing up on, uh, you know, the moon landing, which may or may not have happened, and we may have been kicked off of there, or what you saw isn't what really happened you know what i mean nixon on a hard line phone <laughs> all that shit man um and then it became marketing for from like the you know the space race and on absolutely and uh we're just in a very crazy time with all that man and i look at the movies uh that have come out in the last decade that are 
about 15 minute cities there's the one it's called like bright or some shit like that with will smith where it's like aliens just live on the planet now and they're in the hood like uh you know east los gangsters and shit um all these things are put there not because of somebody's imagination as a screenwriter uh all these things are put there as as government projects and are greenlit and owned by the studios by you know that uh five letter and whatever they are plus mafia at this point uh to push whatever agendas they want and big to do this weekend while everything should be you know trying to be uh somewhat understanding <laughs> is it's all about anti-lgbtq rallies and putting the flag front and center at the at the uh capital uh you know and it's it's just an interesting uh, push of propaganda. You know what I mean? Of why are you doing this? And and just more and more of like Tucker Carlson alluding that Barack Obama's homosexual and then break out all the Michael Obama memes and, you know, just hate, 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 hate. But it's if, if any, if any, and all of that is true, you know, okay, that's their lies. But the, the reality is, is why people are so angry is they were sold as, and not that they weren't <laughs> the first black first family. Right. And we're so progressive and woke and we've paid off, uh, you know, reparations and we've come so far as a country from slavery to this point. And everyone should feel good about their multicultural ethnicity and uh, diversity and ability to accept everyone. Yeah. Those are all good messages. But now if these things are true, $65,000 in hot dogs and, dicks flopping around while you're on ellen doing the dougie or whatever the fuck uh and and he's down on halstead at the manhole having uh, some late night cocktails and there's evidence of that you know all of these things uh, are nothing more than a bigger put it right in front of their faces and fool them and people are gonna have a a refractory response to that you know what i mean of where they thought they were trying to be progressive come out of a war zone bush illuminati fucking dick cheney deep state era to hip-hop renaissance <laughs> and all you really did was get fooled by a uh, queer mafia that actually runs everything and they've shown you that in the new world order and whether that's part of what they're trying to do to break down the family structure or corrupt children or normalize human trafficking and abuse. I, I don't know, man, but what started as something I, I was definitely with, which was, uh, you know, the gay marriage movement for e equality has now been bastardized into a marketing program and a hate, uh, uh, you know, propaganda, I guess at this point to see, uh, uh, you know, and again, these are little clips, so I try not to sell for any of them because anything can be taken out of context, even though it's not, but in Canada, like, uh, more fundamentalist Muslim families having their little kids stomp on fucking LGBTQ flags. Okay. <laughs> now, now we're, we're worrying about children because of LGBTQ influence, but in the same time in the blowback of them, we're still, abusing children and fucking up their mindset to teach them hate that's wrong <laughs> like that I, I i hate to laugh at that but it it, it does it's just like how foolish humans are of like i don't want that extreme sexuality and fucking gayness in my house 
now let's have these kids stomp these flags. Oh, okay. okay. You're not teaching understanding or anything along those lines. It's just one extremist behavior to the next. And uh, it, it sucks, man, because like I've said before, so many of my uh, close personal friends who are, uh, you know, in the LGBTQ community who fought hard for the rights just to have an equal right are now being, and they, they have to stay small, I guess, cause they can't step up and maybe say how they really feel. Cause I don't see them as like uh, the freak show. Hey, I'm wearing a goddamn leather daddy outfit with a fucking choke chain around my neck or a thong with a choke chain. Like, like that's such a far weird extreme you know, of, of their <laughs> rainbow flag. And that's not what they are, at least not out in public walking around in the streets. And if they do it in their own home, I'm perfectly fine with any of that weird shit that goes on. People pay me to slap them in the fucking face for $5. So people will do some dumb shit all all day, every day. You can guarantee that. But to now have what was, I think, a noble cause for equal rights now become a desecration and fucking trans and uh arguments over satanic and and child grooming at target and it just is it's all falling down you know what i mean and that's what they do with any thing that kind of has a pure core to it with a real human right and then somebody stands up against it oh let's market it it's fucked up so everything everything is crazy with it man but uh try not to try not to let them get to you know that it's propaganda know that it doesn't represent really anybody in my opinion when we've gotten it to this point and it's those level of news sound bites it's all engineered to really keep people apart man and we're we're so much uh more alike than we want to even admit to realize i don't give a shit there's so many things that can bring all uh groups together Grope. Grope. Thank you, pal. Uh, and horseshoegenetics.com is a great way to do that. Buddha blessed it, <laughs> passes on the left hand side, and uh, you know, smoke one and uh and have a good time, let go of some of that shit. Uh, but all the alien stuff, man, uh, all that, and then even GGP uh, you know, has been has been on it too in the horseman chat with the wildfires of Canada. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I just happen to be uh, the Canadian uh, heavyweight champion uh, crossfire. So you think that uh, that's by mistake that I burned the entire country to the ground? No. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, again, short TikTok clips, tough to trust in their legitimacy and credibility. However, there is a couple YouTubers that keep an eye on the sun and solar activity, and they keep an eye on um usgs uh vulcan volcanics uh, activity and uh uh you know anything that's gonna possibly trigger an earthquake and the they have the satellite footage and the the one of the guys who does this every day that's his channel shows that as the cloud cover is going over quebec instantly within 140 mile range through the forest they all catch on fire at one time and like you see the smoke start rising from across the entire province that's interesting uh that 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 poses eco-terrorism because there's no way a, a the way a fire spreads in the four minutes that it took to do that that it would go 140 miles an hour that means that fire you know I, i'm not here to do the steiner math in my head but it took four minutes to light it across that whole uh area 
I don't think uh, anybody's traveling that fast. 140 miles in four minutes. Okay. So now we're talking what here? Uh, that there was somebody that dug a trench and filled it with, you know, diesel fuel the whole way and, and did it. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of other nanothermite methods or uh, what GGP was talking about with me. It was uh, directed energy weapons. Uh, and now you're talking satellite, Elon Musk, uh, who is a China satellite, Russia satellite, but why attack, why attack the forests of Quebec? I don't know. It's in, it's in, and not, and you know, Canada also has a big push for this ESG score and everything else that's, that's going on with carbon credits, but it really fucked things up down here, down where, down there, uh, below them with a big orange haze and you could smell it. It smelled like a campfire. So you believe that it is directly related coming from that, you know, and not, uh, not anything else that it is in your, in your mind, but I'd never seen that in my life. <laughs> Another one of those things. I've never seen this before in 46 years. So very strange. Oh, it's a strawberry moon. Yeah, sure. Sure. It's not planet X fucking, uh, reflecting and refracting off of it. Definitely not um all these little things that keep happening that are first time ever's you know uh so it's a, a crazy time uh, cosmically and aliens showing up and we're doing misdirection spots with some man on man uh tummy swords <laughs> it's what the fuck we do is is ignorant human beings man instead of stepping up and preparing for for what's going you know uh jay hall's popping in he just said hey what's good this morning hmg fans i uh, always have a good time with jay hall and the hardest working man in hmg man maybe aside from me uh <laughs> uh doing his thing man we had a great time at the smackdown live self-help group group playing playing some jams for an hour i was exhausted right after i had to dip out early and go to sleep and that was the last sleep i got saturday and sunday night maybe it's something cosmic but i just uh tossed and turned so uh y'all uh, uh it's uh it's crazy right now man of what's going on whether it's cold war with russia or all this other shit going on man you never thought we could get back to a shock and awe level uh destruction of our society where we have to just be tuned in for the next fucked up thing post 9 11 you know from 2001 to 2008 and yet here we are again and most of it's all self-induced you know it's all fucking crazy though uh but we'll all get climate change and we'll all get jacked uh but let's get to the headlines we'll see if there's a run-in and again thank you we're 36 strong uh here at uh the live chat uh ben i mean youtube channel and twitch.tv slash i mean media as well but exclusively at channelattitude.com had some new subscribers on patreon as well going to do a watch along uh on the sons of allah's last match with uh hispanic mechanics i'm gonna try and get it to, i don't even know about today or tomorrow wednesday wednesday it'll be done <laughs> uh, what do we got going on everyone's getting their jokes in uh nailed it on the head it's all self-induced absolutely we're our own worst enemy mike martin look at that before and after picture that's sexy son of a bitch get me double m uh, and, uh, Frank says, I tell me sword like a Wu-Tang warrior. So, uh, get him out and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, do your thing. The mystery of chess coxin, I guess. Uh, somebody who had a rough weekend, man. And I, and I did like, uh, you know, we all like him. He's fucking the greatest sports entertainer probably of all time, to be honest with you. The rock 
uh, you know, no matter what his political views are this week. Uh, really heartfelt and passionate promo about uh, the passing of the Iron Sheik. You know, his Sheik's wife used to babysit Rock, and he was right there, you know, growing up, seeing it all with his dad. Uh, so a big loss, uh, you know, in, in his uh, family and saying that he was part of the tribe and, and all that. And then off of that, uh, Young Rock uh, gets canceled after three seasons on NBC. So NBC said it doesn't matter if you want to see another season of Young Rock. Who wrote this? Ben uh, Silverio. I'll give you points on that one, Ben. Uh, plus your name's Ben. Cough button. After a straight-to-series order that saw the show debuting on the network early 2021 and running for three seasons in a, in a holiday special, Variety reported Friday that the sitcom based on the electrifying life of Dwayne The Rock Johnson has been officially canceled after it, it failed to appear on the fall schedule. Uh, the series, co-created by uh, Nanchakta Khan, I'm not even going to try her first name and butcher it. Khan, uh, you know, Nick Khan's after, uh, we'll just call her Nan, uh, his sister. Uh, and Jeff Chang of Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment 23 and Fresh Off the Boat fame. I like Fresh Off the Boat. That was a good show. Uh, told the life story of multi-time WWE champion's life from ages 10 to 26. Uh, yada, yada, yada with Stone Cold and everybody. Uh, while Young Rock has come to an end on NBC, viewers can find many of the Brown Bulls movies as well as the greatest matches on the cock. Uh, uh, sorry. In addition to the Hollywood version of those legendary wrestlers appearing on the show, a number of real-life superstars made the jump from squared circle to TV screen. WWE's Becky Lynch and Cole Cabana starred as Cindy Lauper and the Brooklyn Brawler, respectively, in multiple episodes. Well, I'm happy they got a shot that way. Uh, Becky did look like Cindy, and... I thought I saw the shot of Colt as brawler, but uh, I'm not, to be honest with you. <laughs> and this is just, I'm not going to sit through anything with a laugh track or sitcom and really at all anymore. I, I maybe watched 10 minutes of one episode. Uh, and, you know, I'm super happy for guys like Luke Hawks and who played stone cold and, and, and got a really good shot in Hollywood and established and Chavo Guerrero, I think was, uh, maybe stunt coordinator on it as well. Uh, the guy who played Iron Sheik was a fucking beast. I'd bring that guy in tomorrow. Um, and, you know, it looked good, but there's weird things to it as like uh, Shawn Michaels being written out where Rock is still holding on to heat with however the click tried to fuck with him, and then they replace him with a character that's, you know, not Shawn, not even uh, really ask uh, of what it is in the stereotype as a fuck you that these guys still hold on to that level of grudge. You know what I mean? It's that, that shit's interesting to me, uh, how it got green lit and, and the fuck you's kind of in there and that that was never really a bigger thing that, uh, didn't kind of get asked of Sean all the time. So crazy, crazy. And then, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately more, uh, bad news for the rock. And this is how it goes in business business. Over the weekend, it was reported outlets that Dwayne The Rock Johnson's XFL Football League lost an estimated $60 million in 2023. An article was published to Forbes with the headlines, Dwayne The Rock Johnson says the XFL will succeed. Who wants to tell him he's wrong? Uh, here was Rock's response. Uh, I've tried to tell him his whole life, but he never listens to me. <laughs> I play the long game in business, and XFL is no exception. 
We saw some nice successes and took some L's in our first season that we learned from. 75 to 100 XFL players will be competing in NFL camps this fall. That's a big number that will continue to grow season over season. We're in it for the long haul, step-by-step building the league of opportunity. Like with any venture, success takes time. Thanks, XFL, for the love and the support. Uh, At least you can take it on the chin that way. I mean, uh, $60 to the rock at this point. I mean, it's not chump change by any means, but uh, I'm sure he's more uh, well-insured with cash and flush than, than losing that. However... It, it, I just don't see a way for this to be successful aside from it being NXT. And, and NXT is a $40 million loss leader a year, so I don't know if that's a good analogy or not. But NFL needs to pump $100 million into this if they're losing it just so Rock breaks even because that in the value of 75 to 100 XFL players uh, competing in NFL camps could be worth its weight. You know, like that, that you find one guy that becomes the superstar, even a couple out of there that are going to be on championship teams. It's worth it to get these guys coming out of college who don't get, you know, seen or don't go in the draft and let them keep getting reps and getting better at a higher level and then get drafted. I think there's value in the NFL uh, to keep XFL as a little training uh, facility and program, you know what I mean? And put it over. So, uh, but it, that's a tough call because Vince, obviously, Ico proed it once, lost it, brings it back, loses, what, did he lose $300 million on it? And Rock bought it, I think, for $15 million. Somebody might want to check the numbers on that for me, but fuck, you put $300 million into something, you hawk it for $15 million, bro? That's tough. That's a tough loss. And I mean, not when you make 9.3 billion, but uh, you know, then the rock buys it on the cheap smart, puts his name to it. And now it's his baby to lose 60 million. seems like three times we've tried and three times it's a absolutely toxic property that can't compete because of the overhead to even try and get into stadiums, what it takes to own and cost, to own a league uh does rock own all the teams or are the teams individually owned that part i don't know um so you know what what is the if he's taking a loss from all the teams from low ticket sales or can we chop this up and get some interesting owners who would be some interesting owners man you know what i mean like there's there's a an opportunity there to to sell to some other big name Hollywood people or who knows gamblers. I don't know. something along those lines. What if FanDuel bought a team? Who knows? You know, something that would, would go uh, Johnny Publix uh, in the, in the house. Uh, he would say, says rock and his wife own every team. Well, that's a lot. That, I mean, that's a, uh, that's, <laughs> they were training each other. Uh, that's a lot to undertake. You know, I'd want to say, okay, how do I unburden some of this? And then maybe somebody who has more time can focus on the business of that team and get their team over in their city and set a model uh, for other owners to kind of emulate. But yeah, a a tough week for the rock when it comes to uh, loss of a family friend, uh, his legacy show getting shut down and his side project. I mean, some people always say, Oh, well you need to have losses in a big corporation. I, I don't understand that. I'd rather, 
uh, stick with the gains for the instead of the tax write off. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's all this, um, shit that goes along with it that uh i'm sure the accountants know a lot better than than i do uh but that that's a tough week man that's a tough week of of phone calls and frustration you know yeah fucking crazy uh let's see here where are we going next uh it's going to be, I didn't even see that. I didn't have this on the sheets, but it's going to be a big week for the AEW self-help group. group. As uh, I saw, it was announced that Karen Jarrett and uh, Don Stevens are going to fucking throw down, I think on Wednesday. So we're not even building it to the pay-per-view and we didn't do anything this past Wednesday. Aubrey was just out there refing. And I'm going, okay, Karen Jarrett's going to come and do the running. Nope. We just had the regular finish and the guys in the match did their business where the whole match should have been thrown out because Karen Jarrett comes down and pulls Aubrey Edwards out of the ring and beats the fuck out of her. And they go back and forth right there to set up the match, but we didn't do any of that. And now we're just going to have a match. So, uh, but yeah, we're getting, uh, Don versus, uh, Don versus Karen. So it's going to be, it's going to be big. Um, <laughs> and, uh, maybe some notes got sent allegedly to, uh, Tony, uh, yesterday on some other things. We'll see. Uh, yeah. I'll, uh, but, uh, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a big Wednesday this week. You guys in the AEW self-help group 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 twitch.tv slash homie media is, uh, as predicted, uh since about month three that donnie wanted to get in the ring well donnie's gonna get in the fucking ring so uh was that a fake promo from brotches maybe uh i don't maybe it was maybe i got work bobo uh but why would you do that heat if you're not gonna pay it off the guitar shot it's got and they did the thing backstage where they did the pull apart and then they let a complete week of air go into it and now they're saying this is gonna happen uh she has a gimmick uh, name now too. What's that? What's her? What's her gimmick name? Uh, you know, Don Stevens is her gimmick name. Uh, the artist formerly known as Don Stevens, uh, but former AEW star says he had two years left on his contract when he left the company. Uh, during appearance on Kurt Angle's podcast, former AEW star Frankie Kazarian. Uh, discussed his departure. He says, when I left last year, I still had two years on my contract. When I left, I made the decision to leave. I still had two years left. I probably could have been uh, there much longer. I resigned at the end of 2021, and hindsight being what it is, I probably shouldn't have. But again, I was there since before day one. I was there when this was a gem of an idea or excuse me, a germ of an idea, <laughs> not gem, germ. Uh, I was there discussing this company when they didn't even have the initials attached to them in these rooms with Cody and the Bucks and Paige and Sky and Chris Daniels. So again, I was committed. I was like, I want to try to, you know, ride this thing out. It just became apparent to me that what I like and what I appreciate about pro wrestling, the way I like it presented was not happening at AEW. And that's not an indictment of them. It's just what was perceived as good television wrestling and what I do are different things. And I just a business model, everything. Again, it was one of those things I feel, and I still do to this day, that I feel I have so much more to offer than what I was being utilized for in AEW. So I bet on myself and I made the decision to walk away. And I'm very thankful I did. It's by far the best decision I could have made for where I am right now interesting i mean in bold you know you can't hate a man if he's not happy and walking away from it however 
let's just be the the online marks. So Frankie Gazarian, phenomenal talent and worker, no doubt, and a, and an impact guy kind of through and through. So is impact offering him less dates? I don't know. He's not on TV really in, in AEW. So he's kind of getting paid to sit home or agent. I don't know if he's going to every show or not. So maybe he's traveling and not wrestling and just sitting around. And that's super frustrating. I'm sure if that's the case, but he's kind of been out of sight, out of mind since, uh, you know, Scorpio sky and all that stuff ended or got heard. And, uh, and just on the shelf. So that's like six, eight months. Right. And, um, you know, maybe he'll go back to impact and, and be the top guy there. Cause I, I would definitely, I think they just had Alex Shelley, uh, Alex Shelley just won the title after he was at immortal, uh, the week before. So that's pretty cool. Uh, that, uh, a lot of our students, uh, got to have a great, uh, interaction with him and a great, uh, training session and then he wins the impact title you know the week afterwards those kids got to feel like okay that's definitely even if he didn't win the title that's still money well spent learning from a veteran like that so maybe kazarian's talking to demore and going back there but if i'm hanging with a billionaire bro and i got that steady check coming in i might <laughs> stay small let him forget about me and as long as the, as the checks don't stop ride it out you know what i mean but as I'm not trying to say that Kazarian can't go, but dude, we're all, he kind of went through his prime and in, in impact. So is it better, less dates in the money or, and to walk away of what he, I'm sure he's smart enough to have had something set up like that before, before he made that choice uh, or just to kind of ride it out at AEW, which I think a lot of people are doing because <laughs> what's the other option, go back to the Indies and, and be on the road scrubbing, you know, all the time, uh, to, for the next booking, you know, it, it's interesting. I'm sure he's got his own reasons. He doesn't really spell them out in that contract, but they're in that con contract in that, uh, uh, interview, um, you know, kind of politically right as a smart player would put it. But if he was in on all the stuff early on before it was even a thing, like, what is off with the vision that he wanted uh, for AEW? I know when we go back to the parking lot promos about wins and losses matter and it's going to be a sports-based wrestling program. And then, you know, here's Orange Cassidy. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll see. Oh, let's see, pal. Uh, more AEW update regarding Brian Danielson's behind-the-scenes role with AEW. As previously noted, he's been helping President Tony Khan with the creative process in AEW while continuing to perform as an active wrestler. According to Meltzer Seltzer, Brian has become more important in his role assisting Khan in putting together last week's Championship Friday edition of Rampage. Meltzer also stated the following, Danielson was described as someone who adds good input into any booking conversation. It was said uh, when Khan is booking ideas and he's in the room with him, he pushes Khan to think harder and improves his thinking like he adds more enthusiasm to Khan. Uh, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> he pushes Khan. Come on, think harder. You can think harder than this. Think harder, man. Like... Again, Dave with these stupid fucking things. Uh, what is, what is he doesn't push kind of think harder. He should be, he's probably going, no, buddy, 
That's not the way wrestling psychology is. Let me explain this to you. And here's three examples, one from Japan, one from fucking 1970 and one from attitude era of why it works. And this is the way we need to build this guy. And then Khan goes, Oh, oh, okay. I see it. I see it. Cause he's excited to sit there next to Daniel Bryan and fucking have a conversation and try not to mark out while he's doing a creative meeting. That's really the value. However, Daniel Bryan's mind is uh, a steel trap and should, well, I don't know what those CT, but, uh, as enough to be like, without going, no, you're a fucking idiot. You don't know about how to book this or that, or the psychologies, you know, probably big brother and a babysitting them, you know, um, as far as that goes. So I don't think he's pushing Khan's thinking. Khan might have a, an idea of where he wants to go. And then Daniel Bryan helps him shape it up. You know what I mean? Here's where the heat is. Here's where we can punch this up and get six weeks instead of two weeks out of it. Here's how you build somebody. Cause who's Khan's mentor ever been to do that? Nobody, nobody. He, he doesn't have a, a big brother over him. He's hired a lot of people that could be and should be, but you know, they, they don't have that. So I think that it's a good spot for Daniel Bryan to help mentor his mind, Khan's mind. I don't think he's going to business for himself. He just wants the product to be better. And also, you know, really the last three weeks, Daniel Bryan's been on commentary helping get Blackpool combat club over and wheeler you to over and it's worked. It's, it's been, their segments have been better. Nobody's getting color. Um, his commentary is good. A couple times it popped me and, uh, he's not in there smacking his brain off the inside of his skull, which is very, 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 uh, good, uh, that he can get over without having to do anything. We got Tapio in the, uh, chat here saying, Ben, does wrestling have a pedo problem? Uh, I'd say anything that, uh, where pedophilia is involved, uh, is a problem, <laughs> uh, you know, but, uh, as far as I know, uh, that's not something that really, mm, it's not something that I've seen firsthand by any means. Uh, there's some weird stuff like with, the uh, the cucking and couple swaps or, you know, uh, just, just weird shit all the way around, uh, of sexual deviancy. Uh, and you go back to the rat days or, or whatever it is. And, uh, I don't know from, from before speaking out movement and me too, I guess, uh, there was a, a lot of that, that weird sexual proclivity. And that was part of building the territory as, uh, the boys say, uh, or it was told to me, but, um, as far as pedophilia, no, I don't, I don't think anybody's really there grooming kids because w one thing about pro wrestling, what are we all really trying to get back to is, uh, an, an improvisation too, the art of play when we were six to nine years old, when we did all the voices for our GI Joes and transformers, we loved that era so much that we'll even get a goddamn transformer tattoo on our neck when we're in our fucking <laughs> the early thirties. You know what I mean? Um, as, as far as that goes, uh, uh, in the uh, hammer weighing in here, I think you're yeah, absolutely right on this one. Grizzly Smith, uh, probably one of the, uh, unknown, uh, predator that way. Um, so that, that goes back in there. And I'm not saying there isn't now. Uh, it's just, I, I don't think anybody would have the guts to step up to do that. And not to say the guts, like, I dare you to, to molest that kid, <laughs> the, the, the ignorance, you know, but people's uh, sexual procl proclivities can drive them to do 
insane and dangerous things. So I got to believe there's some, you know, untold level of it all. Uh, you know, we, we are putting boots on and underwear and rolling around with other men and women. There's something very homoerotic about that. And it goes back to the origins in the time of, uh, as GGP would say, Greeks invented wrestling. <laughs> and if you look at the statues, it's a lot of man on boy action. And a lot of times they didn't even have boots and uh, trunks on. So uh, at, at the foundation of this, uh, going back to uh, Greek societies, there's a lot of uh, homoeroticism and uh, man on boy love. So it's in the it's in the foundation of of this. You know, it really is in what we do in a in a in a dominance struggle for dominance. It's interesting how it plays in Freudian wise, but. Uh, as far as going around the locker room, I don't think that's a big thing people are <laughs> about at this at this time, man. But uh, who knows, pal? Um, but we're all trying to get back to that six to eight year old. Let's play and have fun, do character voices and whatnot. And I think that kind of protects, uh, you know, not protects. I guess that's not the right word. Uh, you know might keep away the pedophilia aspect of this. I think when anybody sees these little, little kid fans at a, at a show for the first time, myself included, I really try and stay in character, but not scare the shit out of the kid that they have a terrible experience. When I'm coming to the ring, if you, you get scared, I'm, that's what I'm there to do. But if we're at meet and greet and they're, you got to imagine you're a fucking <laughs> under three foot little kid, you know, five, four or five years old coming up to looking at Ben Hameen, who looks like a giant, you know, and, and, you know, I try and get down on their level and uh, speak to them in character voice and they're, they're intimidated still, but I, I just uh, like a, like a teacher that doesn't put up with any bullshit. I just like bring yourself here, stand next to me, put your hand up like this do a broccoli face. You hate broccoli. I hate broccoli. And, uh, you know, try and give them a little experience, man. Uh, when it, when it comes down to it, um, uh, my, your roommate thinks I sound like Tony Robbins. Hey man, uh, Tony Robbins makes some fucking money. <laughs> I'm down to sell out. Uh, I'm down to sell out some arenas and, uh, give, uh, give people some advice, I guess. on stupid fucking wrestling. Uh, that's an interesting point here from the chat as well. Uh, from Toronto thrash, the rock on SNL, I've created child molesting robot. Well, I mean, I told you, you know, uh, I told you who, who, who runs this shit, <laughs> how you get on TV, how you become an owner, how you get in movies. Uh, you got to fucking toe the line of this weird LGBTQ mafia. Why they put these things in there knowing they're going to be fucked up, man. Uh, absolutely. Uh, y'all, uh, as we're 47 strong here in the live chat, good morning. Good morning to you. If you're just joining us here from HMG Monday locker room, uh, another AEW story says, uh, AEW star doesn't believe that CM Punk is as toxic as everybody thinks he is. Uh, Billy Gunn commented saying, I think it's a positivity thing. I really do because he is still, no matter what goes on behind the scenes, he's still got it. He's still the guy. He still has huge drawing power, and that's only going to help us. Why would you not want a guy in here that can help? 
I don't feel he's as toxic as everybody thinks he is. But then again, I'm an old person. I don't really care about all that other stuff. All I care about is what he can do for the company, what he can do for the talent in the company. And he's still very good at that. We all have our days where we go a little off track. I can't speak for anything that happened to that because everything I heard is all hearsay. And I don't speak on hearsay because I'm just not a gossiper. Yeah, well, you know, Billy Gunn, I mean, I don't think Punk's going to step to big dog Billy. I say that he did it to fucking... Tony Atlas so but Billy Gunn ain't no fucking pushover (laughs) and uh he's the most jack guy on the fucking roster too not that that matters and the the master politician you can go back to fucking the shoot promos that they did on Hunter him and Road Dog and Road Dog's got a job you know still and and Billy gets more over in almost every segment that he's in than anybody else in there not because he's trying to just because he's the real fucking deal um And, you know, punk, when you're on his good side and you're part of the cool kids club that they deem you worthy, there really is an issue. He doesn't really go at you and and you feel cool. Like you're like, Hey, I got to fucking go out to dinner with punk and I feel fucking cool. Especially when you're a rookie and you don't know where you're, yeah. Hey dude, I watched your shit and I loved you growing up. Like how many people on the AEW roster have gone through like, dude, I watched, I loved your fucking man. Like making a mark on themselves to punk and he's just like yeah thanks you know uh, and then they're like oh he's toxic as opposed to like just say hey phil what's going on uh and being a, a true human being so i can see where the kids would be like jump on the bandwagon that he's toxic or he doesn't want to deal with that and i've seen him do that to other people that he doesn't deem worthy and really treat them as less than like shit on the bottom of his shoe really I, he's capable of both he can kind of make you feel like you're the the coolest person in the room. And he can also make you feel like you don't even belong to fucking breathe the same air as me. So I see both sides of it. And I'm sure Billy Gunn, like you said, is a much of a veteran as he is. Like he gives no fucks about any heat possibilities or situations or gossip queen shit like that. But uh, both sides definitely have a point and uh, it's just how you're going to approach it and react to it, I guess, is what it when it comes to it uh you know um but he's coming back and then eric bischoff you might have heard of him he says cm punk has set himself up for a dramatic failure Oof, strong words in 2022 bischoff referred to punk as the biggest financial flop in the history of wrestling during his latest strictly business podcast bischoff commented on punk's return to AEW with the debut of collision and all and oh, excuse me and all in coming up uh this was a major show a brand new show announced on a major network uh with what everybody thought was this huge star and i'm telling you like i've told you from day one this guy is not a star he's really uh he's a really funny part of this that i'm uh thoroughly freaking enjoying is cm punk has set himself up for a dramatic failure cm punk came in with all this mystique and he did a good job of creating that mystique and maintaining it and for that i have respect but once he got there punk didn't deliver he then turned into a bitch and then he turned into something a little darker than just a bitch and became white and being whiny and the audience has started to turn against him the rabid cm funk cm funk cm punk uh fan base cm funk would be a good uh tag team with him and terry funk or him and flash funk uh the cm punk fan base has diminished substantially now because of all them um mishigash 
uh, and all the drama and the politics backstage and the fights and the biting and the dog and the scratching and the hair pulling and whatever else went on. It sounds like such a bitch fest to me anyway, just because of all that. Now we're bringing punk back and guess what? Remember when I told you, and I think I told you on this show, if I was Tony Khan, I would not bring punk to the UK. I would establish the fact that I could sell 70,000 tickets without him. They sold 65,000 tickets and then they announced them. And how many additional tickets have sold like 700, like a percent, whatever it is, it's incremental at best. And now they're having a hard time selling out these collision shows with punk as a centerpiece. Am I right? Or am I right? Uh, when I came out and said that I took so much heat for this CM Punk is the most overrated. I didn't even see say potential. I said he was going to be the biggest financial flop in wrestling history. And I think I'm being proven right every minute of the day. Wow. Bischoff off of that fucking kayfabe Warner brothers payroll. <laughs> and what a fucking 180 degree turn, man, from a guy who was, you know, doing cameos and hype stuff on your show. That's, I mean, I, I can't believe well, I can't believe it because wrestling journalism is non-existent and everybody really sucks at this shit. Uh, who has access? I don't know why these top guys keep giving access to fucking goofs from WrestleLink or wherever the fuck else who have no <laughs> they're just fanboys. They're not even reporters, they're fanboys. Uh, you know, you can't even call them that because anybody worth their salt would even listen to HMG or taken and known it themselves that why did you go from being a big proponent of AEW and being on the show to now hating on it constantly? Were you ever uh, on the payroll of Warner Brothers? <laughs> because that's what it all comes down to to me as a worker looking from the outside who allegedly might have had a similar deal. However, I didn't talk good about the WWE. I just <laughs> trashed their shit when it was shitty. But I wasn't on their show either, just consulting. And I think he was too. And now to see this... Knowing that controversy creates cash, he wrote a book called that, if you didn't know. Uh, now you do. And and to put that out there, that people are going to be tuning into his podcast because he doesn't have the regular check coming in from whatever network exec he had greased in his back pocket that got fired during the Warner Brothers Discovery merger, right? In realignment, much like a USA-NBC merger. I don't know, allegedly. Um, so... To see him go hard in the paint on Punk is interesting. Now, saying what I said earlier about Punk in, in that, uh, you know, of how he can treat people or whatever Billy Gunn thinks is good for TV, I'm kind of on the side, not on the side of the hard edge of, well, I guess so, uh, of Bischoff, of like, fuck that guy or whatever. I don't think Bischoff's saying fuck that guy, but he's saying this guy isn't going to be what everybody builds him up and, and is hyping him up to be. He's going to fail. And not only is it because he's not the draw that he thinks he is, but now you've got a show that is going to put him in a position to be the top draw. And you're going to have a quick spike and it's going to fall off real fast. And you might go from 800,000 down to 300,000. And when you lose 65 to 70% of your audience, Who's that going to fall on? That's going to fall on the shoulders of the top guy. And now you'll see that the top guy isn't as top as he thought he was, that he can't draw over major sports, that he can't fucking move tickets in a market that uh, is new and that people really want to come see him like a Hamilton, Ontario. You know, um, it, it'll be very interesting uh, going forward when that heat comes down which may not be any of his own making. He's just set up in a situation to fail based on 
bad marketing choices and oversaturation. And Bischoff and Nash have talked about this on their podcast, and this is the main problem. And it's not even really like what Punk could do once that heat comes down. You're going to have another scrum meltdown. You're going to have another fucking incident like that because that's just in Phil's nature, right? That's his behavior. Um, Another, you know, get heat on somebody outside of the storyline on Instagram in a tweet, apologize, dive, repeat post, right? But Bischoff and Nash are saying, why are you fuckers not learning from anything? Not only are you ripping off the graphics from Nitro directly, which could be stopped by WWE if they own all that property. That's a dumb, risky move out of the gate to rebrand from a dead brand that's owned by your competitors and you're trying to revive it, but you don't own any of the fucking shit. So that's a weird move. And here's the other thing. WCW lost. They got fucking annihilated and bought out for a fraction of the cost at pennies on the fucking dollar. And you're trying to emulate their business model. What do you expect to happen? You know, like we're not only going to steal the graphics, but we're going to fucking then oversaturate by making more shows when none of our stars are over. So nobody can get over at all, you know, uh, in in a long term storyline. And we can't even have any continuity because we got to keep them separated with this group that's of prima donnas and this group of fucking prima donnas instead of somebody being dad and going, I will fucking spank all of your fucking asses. If you don't do exactly what you're told to do, because that's what you're getting paid to do. I don't give a shit if you don't like this guy. And in fact, we're going to play it out on camera because that's real heat where we can cross over and even get our detractors to tune in. But if we're not going to do any of those storylines, we're just going to continue on with the same old dumb shit. Well, expect to absolutely fail and the oversaturation of these shows just like how thunder fucked nitro uh get me thunder fucked nitro oh, that's one of my favorite goddamn american gladiator episodes ever when thunder fucked nitro uh back on fuck island we used to watch that one pal <laughs> uh but yeah this oversaturation of collision rampage is exactly what Thunder did to Nitro and made it not special. And they're continuing right down that fucking path. And they obviously, for being uh, the massive wrestling fans that Tony Khan claims to be and historians or whatever they want to relabel themselves as a, instead of fanboys, uh, they must have missed that fucking crucial part where the company went out of business and got fucked over because the locker room went to shit management went to shit and we oversaturated our product. Those are the three big pillars of failure that wiped out WCW. (laughs) And we're doing the exact same thing going, everything's fine over here. It's the best time to be a fan ever. Okay. (sighs) But you know, and, and at the end Bischoff will sit there and, and go, (laughs) What kind of person to say a toe so? But you know what? A toe so. A fucking a toe so. Yeah, and he did, man. Uh, so live, learn, and lose millions upon millions of dollars is what it'll all come down to. And what's going to happen in Jacksonville? Uh, with I see they're pitching a new stadium, like massive stadium. Was the other one getting torn down fully and it being put up in their place? I'm not sure. I didn't look into it that far, but if it is, and now we have no Jacksonville to go to, 
all we've got is Vegas and uh, and Chicago as our home court, you know. Interesting, interesting. As we hit 50 strong here this morning, good morning, infidels. Uh, rise and slap your own faces and PayPal me $5. Uh, hopefully you're having a good one. Uh, kick the week off. Positivity, Tony Robbins, uh, Barry CM Punk, whatever the fuck. Uh, <laughs> how WWE talent reportedly feel, yeah, about Vince McMahon appearing backstage at recent televised events, as previously noted. Yeah, me, pal. I was spotted last uh, backstage June 5th, 2023 edition of Raw uh, in Hartford, Connecticut, along with a lot of four of other WWE office execs. Oh, dude, I bet, I bet that was a fucking harsh night man assholes were fucking you couldn't fit a pencil up that motherfucker uh if you got vince and other when you hear other executives <laughs> you know and the, and we still haven't had a wrestlemania bloodbath of releases that's interesting that's interesting bro uh amp williams my boots on the ground amp williams says nah bro they're just renovating the stadium daily place will stay as it is okay cool man i just wondering if they can't perform in there while they're doing renovations that i didn't know if they were doing a big fucking vegas blow up which they if they did do that they should fucking blow the place sky high and uh have um moxley and uh kingston and whoever else in the ring to actually do an exploding arena match the right way right uh ken sorrell also backing that up so you guys are boots on the ground there in jacksonville appreciate you guys uh you know and uh hey keep uh keep running that uh stuff over to the hotel they need you uh dave Meltzer of f4w online uh confirmed that reports that uh, vince was not running the show in place of triple h but did change around the order of some of the matches and segments uh like just like i told russo <laughs> Meltzer noted the following in regards how the talent feels about vince at this point it says at first uh, there are a lot of scared talent and not happy talent about McMahon's involvement, but the reality is everyone accepts that he's now the ultimate decider when the merger with UFC takes place. Ari Emanuel of Endeavor basically put in place that it will remain as long as McMahon wants it because he was the person in charge of WWE and the final decision maker. Fightful also noted that WWE talent are still on guard about the possibility of Vince being backstage. It's believed that Vince opted to work remotely for the most part because he realized the chaos that just being backstage caused. Well, I guess if you're, uh, you know, if you're a loose woman, now's the time to fucking go, you know what? I could make $3 million off of one blowjob. <laughs> or if you're a loose man, yeah, why not, pal? Put this wig on and this dress. I'll let you blow me for three mil. Sign this first. Um, man, what do you Wagwan do? <laughs> like uh, it, it's an insane, you know. Makes it through speaking out. Me too. Cancellation stays small. Says he retires. Never really retired. Puts his own family who is going through marital issues in charge. Uh, doesn't put his son where he needs to be, then does a coup d'etat on his own company, sells for $9.3 billion, which gives him so much leverage, money, and power-wise that it doesn't matter any of your past personal indiscretions or faults or sexual abuses or whatever's going on. And here we are with more satanic imagery <laughs> week to week. And... uh 
yeah, we're just here checking things out. We're here in Hartford. We figured to bring the crew down from the, have a little field trip from the uh, new corporate headquarters, pal. And uh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting, bro. Uh, yeah. We got some uh, points to hand out here. Uh, NDA from the DNA, pal. That's what I like, pal. And uh, I had HBK Vince for uh, $3 million. Why not? Uh, you know. And that's the question of the day. Would you give Vince McMahon a hand job for $3 million? I think you would. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit, man. Uh, very, very interesting stuff. Uh, that, uh, but, I, you know, with all of them backstage, I bet the tensions were so high, bro. Everybody trying to stay small, stay the fuck out of the way. Because if they see you, that'll put, even if they put you on the way, what are we doing with boogs? Nothing. Get out of here. Like, it could be that quick if you're just sitting and catering and they fucking see you, bro. Uh, Mick Foley, bang, bang, believes WWE ruined a former talent as a commentator. Um, recently, Hall of Famer uh, Mick Foley reiterated his disdain during a brief stint at the announcer's table, even though he believes he was good at it, on Foley's pod. Uh, the hardcore legend discussed another commentator that thinks he was, was ruined once they came to WWE is... Uh, his ECW one night stand broadcast partner, Joey Styles. He says, I thought Joey was better before they messed with his head. Honestly, I thought they were trying to take away from the thing that makes Joey, Joey fully likened it to opening uh, the, excuse me, the ongoing NBA finals and athletes in general who spoke in the past about their ability to play with freedom. He agrees that the sentiment that if you're free to make mistakes, you have the ability to improve. Unfortunately, with Styles, like other announcers of the past, there was just too much tinkering going on. Uh, I, I agree with this fully about McMahon being in his head and the guys messing with him. Joey Styles probably, I mean, I like I like Gorilla and, uh, and Heenan probably the best as a commentary team, but to see, to be a mega ECW fan, my whole life and uh and joey styles be able to carry that show by himself and it was just such a different and refreshing and uh oh every oh my god oh my god uh whatever you know uh somebody messing with him in uh in an interview segment and him having to put it over or put over the bullying but then also getting his two cents in as a smart rib on the way out joey styles was just on an, on another level of yeah, he's telling the story and part of the show, but he brought a different magic to it all, all into its own. And I was a huge Joey Styles fucking guy through his whole career. And then when he came to, to WWE, I was pumped about it, but they never really let him do his style of thing. And that's a big mistake on their part. I don't care if they're like, we don't want it to sell like ECW. Yeah, at that time we did. And it, you could have seen how awesome WWE could have been if you were to let Joey be that voice of WWE in the same way that he was for ECW. So I 100% agree with Foley on this one. Um, and, you know, when Joey was done, he's kind of gone his own way. I'm not sure if he's doing and if he owns an insurance business. I, I'm not sure off the top of, uh, of my head. But um, I think Joey Styles definitely in, in my top three of uh wrestling uh announcers that i've enjoyed over the years uh absolutely dude <clears throat> and uh beat the shit out of guys who fucked with him like he he was the biz bro uh you know oh let's see here what else we got wwe news before we switch back uh injury report 
Uh, former WWE and Impact star set to go undergo back surgery. Uh, Matt Morgan issued the following statement. He says, please keep me in your prayers, gang, as I go in for back surgery at 6 a.m. In a game of basketball, I dunked it, but when I landed, I felt a huge bolt of electricity shoot down my spine. Ugh. All the way back down my left leg and foot back in 2002 when I first started wrestling, I originally hurt my back. First of all, before we go on, how about getting dunked on by Matt Morgan? That's got to be a terrifying experience if you're fucking in the paint. He's a big son of a bitch. Uh, it led me to a severe opioid addiction. Oof, very open here. After being a functioning addict for the early years of my WWE career, I finally got help. And now 17 plus years later, still sober. Good. Uh, but this has been the most excruciating pain I've ever dealt with in my lifetime. I can't take any painkillers for it because I have to maintain my sobriety. I got an epidural, nothing. Uh, they got a nerve block injection that lasted for four hours. And then it got worse after it wore off. Each progressing, progressing day, my left foot has gotten more numb met with five surgeons, both spinal and neurosurgeons, and we're doing a reflex test on my left foot. And they said, if I don't get surgery ASAP, I will lose all feeling of it. Years later, there was a time when I was wrestling with impact where I set my opponent on a table, Bubba Ray Dudley outside of the ring. And when I went to the top rope where I jumped off in leg drop position as non-wrestling fans, a seated 90 degree position and the spot called for him to move out of the way while I went through the table crashing in that 90 degree position, right through the concrete floor through my tailbone. Uh, that was the next time I felt that same bolt of, bolt of electricity and numbness to my left leg. I was able to rehab it, but get a nerve block injection in my spine to make the pain go away. But I was able to finish off my wrestling career in 2014 virtually pain-free since then i've never had any lower back issues but thanks to, uh, to naturally treating it but nothing i'm doing is helping i have no choice now but to get surgery and technically they wanted this back in 2010 this goes on for a bit here but uh, he's nervous and uh and all that shit man the this is all the fixes l5 and s1 left leg left foot you have no clue how much you would appreciate your prayers please and thank you again so if you're into that uh Prayers, whatever it is, positive vibes to M -M -M Matt Morgan. Uh, give him a shout out, man. Uh, over on his uh, Insta or Twitter is at uh, BP Matt Morgan. Uh, so, yeah, any back surgery, man. Uh, you know, I've never really even heard of somebody getting surgery, and it, it does alleviate some of the pain. But really, and this is sad to say, maybe I'm just wrong. Whereas someone's like, ah, I had back surgery and now I'm all fucking good. You know what I mean? It's usually just like one thing after another. And what those bolts of electricity are that he's feeling is when your disc compress and you, it goes bone on bone and that, that fucking disc gets pinched in there with that nerve, they lock in. And that might be some of the last feeling that you have in there. I went through, and usually when I get, when I was really heavy, up around three bills, anything over 270. I'm two, probably about 250 today. Uh, 270, I would get bad sciatic, bad issues, just would start. And for a while, and as a comedy guy, uh, especially, my whole sciatic would shut down. I'd have to stand on the curb and let my left leg dangle and swing it back and forth just to try and get some pins and needles into it to get feeling. And to be honest with you, the, the only thing that really helped me aside from, uh, cannabis, uh, and I, I'm not a pill guy. I, I definitely have seen too many people go down that road with the opiates and it's a dangerous thing. And 
even cocaine and stuff i people will offer me like fat guys comedy and coke are a deadly combination <laughs> after uh chris farley and you know so many others um but i gotta say man what saved me and i remember the day it happened it took me about three and a half months of every day doing it is yoga uh i i was losing weight and i got down and i would still have bad sciatic problems and i was just every day trying to do 40 minutes of yoga and one day i was stretching and pulled my hip over to do my normal thing and it just went and I almost pissed my pants and passed out, <laughs> but because I felt that shock of electricity and down the outside of my leg, all the way down my calf, I got a lot of feeling back uh, all of a sudden. And that was cause probably from my L five, uh, compressed, uh, you know, right, right there on that nerve. And it was the weight loss and the constant yoga that would snap things back in place. Now you've got crushed discs and things that need to be cleaned up and removed. There's nothing you can do about that. That's gotta be done. Uh, but, uh, it, it really was, you know, people like, Oh, yoga's for housewives that, you know, can't work out or whatever. Nah, dude, yoga really is a lifesaver. And if you're suffering from, uh, you know, any of that stuff, it's a great way to lose weight with, it's not a lot of impact, you can really gauge your progress because when you first do it, you're like, Oh, I just got to stand here and do this pose. And you're like falling over and having to catch yourself and thinking about your balance. But after about a month, you'll see your balance improves, like your, your core strength, your center of gravity, your flexibility, your mobility, uh, and, and things that might cause you a lot of pain will start to go away. You know what I mean? Though those start to really get better physically. So, uh, definitely, uh, yoga is, you don't need to be out there running your ass off. You can sweat even in the summertime, you want to do hot yoga and, uh, and really work on it. And that's another thing I've talked to my students about, about senses. Uh, you know, we're taught there's five senses. I hate that. Uh, they, they still teach that not, not teaching kids about their senses, but sense of balance, common sense. <laughs> I think all these things are, are inside of us, man, that we don't, we don't tag them enough. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, we just go with, oh no, they said there's a taste, touch, you know, sight. And like, there's a lot more senses, bro. There's a, you know, extra, extra sensory perception, all of these things that we, we, because we don't classify them as one of the main things we do that they just go by the wayside as like an afterthought, you know, and uh, that, that yoga really helps channel a lot of things, whether you believe in chakra alignment, spinal alignment, flexibility. Uh, that's what really saved my back. And I'm not saying Matt hasn't tried this or done it. He says, you know, they want it in 2010. So I'm sure he's done all the yoga and the guy's a fucking physical beast specimen of a human being. But sometimes you don't need the surgery. Sometimes it might take three to six months of serious physical therapy but if you're dedicated to it and you're doing the exercises one day you'll just feel it, it felt like a suction cup like unsuctioning off of a off of a surface and all of a sudden just a rush down of energy down my back and whatnot and i've never had serious sciatic problems like that uh for the last four or five years so got to got to man uh, and they're putting over yoga in the chat too. Absolutely. You guys, uh, I think 
not to mess with, I don't want to say sobriety. I mean, obviously you catch a buzz from smoke and smiz, but uh, to me, I would way rather use cannabis as pain management. It doesn't ever alleviate it. You're always aware of it, but it lets you live with it. You know what I mean? And, and, and work around it uh, while you're working on uh, your foundations of building strength around that or whatever you need to uh, flexibility to, to allow it to, to heal, you know, uh, we'll save that one. Skip that one. Uh, this one popped me. AEW's sky blue was excommunicated for lighting someone on fire. That's a great headline. Uh, Sky Blue has become one of AEW's most lovable underdogs since becoming a regular member of the women's division and getting signed to a deal. Despite only 23 years old, the new number one contender for Tony Storm's AEW Women's Championship has already been wrestling for nearly six years, uh, beginning her career while she was still in high school. However, it seems as though her chaotic tendencies started well before the time she entered a wrestling ring. In a recent episode of Hey You, Hey You, uh, with RJ City, uh, Sky Blue was asked about the worst thing she's ever done. For Blue, the answer to this question came pretty easily as she quickly detailed a story from her childhood that fit the distinction. She said, I got excommunicated from my church, Blue revealed sheepishly. I may or may not have lit a kid on fire. Sorry, guys. <laughs> the story goes that after being, being given a church candle, she lit the robe of a boy in front of her on fire during church. Giving me the candle was the first mistake. Sky joked before implying that her mom was aware of the likelihood of lighting the boy on fire. I just didn't like him. My mom was in the back row watching and going, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Blue, who laughed after lighting the kid on fire, said she and her mom both find humor in the situation to this day. She thinks it's hilarious. The AEW star said about her mom's reaction to the event. The first story she tells, she doesn't go, my kid's a pro wrestler. She goes, my kid lit somebody on fire. <laughs> I don't know if that really got her excommunicated from the church. Uh, interesting, but uh, funny as well. When I had read the headline, I thought it maybe it was a spot she did and somebody at the church saw it and then goes, we can't have this with her uh, lighting people on fire and we're Christians. Um, but dude, I, if that story gets out now, uh, even though she's sexy and young and you know, she shows the cheeks and whatnot, could you turn her heel and have her start fucking, lighting people on fire i mean i did it that's how i won my title sweetheart i mean if you want to be a champ you got to light some people on fire in this fucking business or be the best chain wrestler ever by wrapping a chain around your hand and punching somebody in the jaw um <laughs> but if this story is out there i would definitely have her and and <laughs> if you really wanted to in the payoff, I would have the kid she lit on fire at church in the corner of her opponent. And he's the one, he's the one, or, or he gets lit on fire again. It backfires and he, he gets lit on fire twice. That'd be phenomenal. Um, but y'all, yeah, uh, man, uh, that, that popped me for sure. Uh, anytime you're lighting somebody, uh, you're at church and you're like, I don't like this fucking guy. I'm going to light him on fire. <laughs> There's something serious, uh, in, in that little girl's mind. So good luck to anybody dating her. I'd sleep with one eye open or you, she might light the bed on fire if she don't like what's going on, man. So, uh, that, that popped me from the extreme baby face, uh, sky blue that she will light you the fuck up, brother. Um, Injury report again, uh, AEW's Trench and Parker 
Boudreaux, uh, reportedly sidelined with inju- injuries. Jesus Christ, look at that guy's face tattoos. Uh, it's been a while since Trench and Boudreaux, a.k.a. the Mogul Affiliates, or as we call them at the AEW Self-Help Group. 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 The Woods, the Packer Woods. Uh, a.k.a. the Mogul Affiliates last appeared on AEW TV. According to Fightful Select, the wrestlers are currently sidelined through injury. The report doesn't state with what their respective injuries are or when they're expected to return to action. Uh, so some great reporting here by these guys. Uh, they're gone. They're injured. We don't know. And not sure when they're coming back. Oh, cool. Uh, way to, way to follow up dickheads. Uh, prior to their current hiatus, Bordeaux and Trent served as Strickland stablemates. That was like for two weeks, like out of nowhere, we have swerve with two guys that look like they're out of cell block D, uh, fucking Aryan nation brotherhood, along with the black hip hop guy. It made no sense whatsoever. Then they're on the shelf and we bring in, um, Brian Cage, Prince Nana, Khan, and uh, Tio Liana. Uh, and now they're the mogul embassy. But the fucking guys we had from Sons of Anarchy, uh, the uh, you know, D-Block, gone. We just didn't know, no writing them off, no nothing. If they're injured, then you have whoever they fucked over, take them out with like, you see them get into a car, you do the stunt, and somebody T-bones the fucking car so we can get these guys off TV. But there's a lot of this weird shit in AEW through the past two years of like, nope, they're injured. We're just not sure. And we can't tell you. And we don't know when they're going to be back. Like, <laughs> if you're going to put people on TV and take them off for, for that reason, then you need to have that part of the excuse quantified and set up. Otherwise, it just looks like a lie that they're not really injured, that somebody realized this wasn't the right group to put with them, and we're going to take them off TV and sideline them, but we're not going to tell them that we fucked up. We'll just tell the sheets that they're injured and yada, yada, yada. It, it, it doesn't smell right to me, and uh, and chances are it is a bullshit story. Um, And it was a weird thing to put them together anyway. So more strange start-stop uh, from them. Uh, let's see. Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello are expecting a baby girl. So uh, not only did we announce on TV that uh, they are uh, expecting, but now we we know the sex of the child because that's super important for all of us to know. Don't you know? Um, uh, there may or may not have been some consultancy notes sent on how to get max value out of this pregnancy and do something very fun. We were spitballing on... Uh, AEW self-help group 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 GGP it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, man, um, maybe Tony will check out the Google docs. We'll see. Uh, this one's gotta be a little frustrating, uh, against, uh, for, for our boys over there at K 100, uh, Conan. Uh, I'm sure they'll be talking about this and, uh, you know, that, uh, Feeney will bring it up and disco wouldn't, won't have heard of it. And then Conan will have to quantify it. But, uh, Roosh announces his AAA departure ahead of Triple Mania 31. AEW star Roosh has announced his uh, departure just over a month ahead of uh, the big show in Tijuana. Uh, Roosh made the announcement in in a Facebook post saying that both he and his father, La Bestia del Ring, uh, will be departing AAA effective immediately. He and his father will now be independent performers until a real promoter gives them a contract, according to, uh, to Roosh. Uh, one assumes he's only talking about promoters in Mexico since he remains under contract to AEW in the U.S. 
Roosh was scheduled to take part in the finals of the uh, Guerra de Rival. Rivaladades. Got it. Nailed it. Yeah, Deuce, I'm using that goddamn Rosetta Stone. Rivaladades, uh, where he and L.A. Park would uh, take on Sam Adonis and uh, Psycho Clown. The losing team of that match would have gone to main event Triple Mania uh, in Mexico City to face off in a mask versus hair stipulation with Roosh gone. A potentially huge match for Triple A is now off the table. A big question on the minds of fans following the announcement is whether or not this will enable Roosh to be on the card for upcoming AEW New Japan crossover promotion Forbidden Door uh, events. On Twitter, Lucha Blog answered the question with a simple no. Uh, Roosh and other AAA affiliated stars such as Andrade El Idolo, Lucha Brothers are reportedly forbidden from partaking in Forbidden Door due to New Japan's ties with CMLL, a rival promoter to AAA. Wow, these, the, these fucking Mexico contracts seem to be... I don't care if it's AAA or CMLL, you'd think you want your guys being seen globally, you know, but they're doing no, you can't use this guy against that guy. So there's heat between CMLL and AAA, obviously, that are that's being acted out in the New Japan AEW shows politically. Interesting. The rival between the two Mexico-based promotions spans back to the 90s, with New Japan's relationship with CMLL spans over a decade, while Rush and Andrade had previously worked with both organizations they began work with AAA in 2019 and 2021 um interesting man i'm sure there's a much bigger story with management in this and wanting to work shows and possible paydays than wanting more money and maybe trying i this is all hypothetical just wrestling uh, that maybe they tried to hold them up for more and they said no i'm not sure um you know i and i'm Conan will definitely have uh, something inside and, you know, probably beating around the bush to some degree because you don't want to stooge off exactly what's going on uh, of what the, what the deal is here, why him and his dad would leave. It seems uh, that the strike back was pretty personal against the office of AAA. Um, So somebody's got uh, heat with somebody, it sounds like, but to go for a real promoter with that while he's with Khan, so are you going to be on AEW more? Are you going to be featured on Collision? Maybe. Or are they talking about going to WWE? Him and his dad. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's interesting that they would both leave that way. And especially going into a huge Triple Mania main event that where they were going to be the features to walk away from that. That to me seems like, this is just hypothetical again, that you might have asked for something because you knew you had the power of of going into there with the big storyline they said no called your bluff and then you said fuck you and fuck your main event and walk away mm. that's just kind of wrestling 101 and the weird politics of it but uh i'll be interested to listen to k100 this week to see uh updates on that and yeah, i mean last time we saw Roosh, he was kicking the shit who did he kick the shit out of that that day in the ring it's one of the pillars, wasn't it? Was it Jungle Boy? He beat the fuck out of Jungle <laughs> Damn, sorry, cough button. Jungle Boy, uh, I think. Really stiff stuff. Uh, but I liked it. <laughs> uh, this is uh, interesting to close out, too. And uh, big plug. Uh, make sure you guys are following Stevie Ray TV. Uh, let me see what I got. 
the graphic right here, one of them, because I know uh, our own Al Plaza working hard, the propaganda master, uh, getting that stuff out uh, as quickly as possible. But it was, uh, well, here's the one he's working on right now, but uh, looks like Ryback's coming to Stevie Ray TV. Man, I got all kinds of fucking indigestion problems going on this morning, huh? Um, sorry, I was just looking for the other graphic uh, to, to put up there. Um, but uh, make sure you guys subscribe to Stevie Ray TV on YouTube, absolutely, Facebook, and Twitch. Um, going to be over there after Ryback got into it with uh, Booker T last week, uh, back and forth, some hot shit. And, you know, Booker T's under contract to WWE, so he can do as much as he wants to as a legend, but he kind of plays it smart, plays it close to the vest where Stevie Ray is not, don't give no fucks about, (laughs) you don't care about anything when it comes to, uh, talking that real shit. He's going to, he's got no office that, uh, he's got to answer to except his own. So looks like he's going to be headed over there, uh, to, to be on Stevie Ray as soon as this week. Uh, I think I was looking for the, the time on it, but, uh, Check it out. I'm sure it's on Hameen Media Group as well on Twitter. Group. Group. Uh, so big things. But Ryback says a match against Bill Goldberg at All In would exceed all expectations. He says, feed me Goldberg at WWE. Illegally restricted my social media for the last seven years. You great fans have kept me alive. Uh, we have a lot of work to do, but my story is just beginning. Uh, and the truth always wins, and my hunger will be fulfilled. If Ryback Goldberg will have the best story, be the most viewed match with social media views, and can exceed all expectations, I've called him out from the beginning. It's the one match I've always wanted. Give me an unsanctioned match. Give me one or two months of media appearances and let me work my magic. There isn't another human being as motivated as me who could have survived what I have. Now it's my turn. Interesting, man. Uh, I think it would draw. It absolutely would would draw uh, to get right back on the locker room. I'd love to have him on, man. I mean, he and I are cool. I'll, I'll, however, he did block Kaz and he blocked HMG. So sometimes when he just doesn't want to hear it, I just think he, he does it. I don't know if he did it out of malice because I saw him at uh, Immortal about 18 months ago and we had a good time, man. And always been good with uh, Reeves. Ryback's always been cool to me. And was uh, able to help create the Ryback original persona when he got released and uh, was in DCW and wanted to be Ryan Reeves and half silverback. And what was that? And we made him into Terminator and then, you know, did some great pre-tape stuff with him and, and had a lot of fun with that, man. He was awesome uh, to work with. Uh, never had any ego issues, especially going from uh, WWE signed property back down to unsigned and then getting signed again off of that and going up to the roster. Never been big league by him. I know he can be an intense guy when it comes to stuff, but they fucked with him big time and he don't put shit over either like that. He's not gonna, he'll sell for it, but he'll sell in an angry way and tell you what's up. And then they just silent heat when they get called out on stuff and he's left holding the bag. And then the, the fucking, internet dorks all shit on them when there's tons of money on Ryback tons, (laughs) you know, whether it's supplement meal replacement, nutrition, inspiration, or just being a fucking massive dude who could be a world beater. This is the one match he wanted. And if there's a Goldberg retirement tour, that's not really affiliated with WWE. I say book this fucking match. 
Why would you not? You have an opportunity to do dream booking. You do dream booking. Okay, this is what made 2CW great, where we would take ships passing in the night with old history and give the fans what they wanted, the opportunity, because our egos weren't in the way. The fucking opportunity was there, and we seized the moment. So just like we did with the Rob Van Dam versus Sammy Callahan, shit like that. Great stuff. You know, when the dream book is there, you fucking pull the trigger on it. Don't be, don't let your ego get in the way and do stupid shit. Uh, but we wouldn't be pro wrestling otherwise, would it? <laughs> but uh, y'all, uh, that's our headlines for the day. 90 minutes. Hameen Solo on the dolo, missing Timmy Baltimore. Uh, I got to do the SmackDown review with Big Stevie Cool here for Russo's brand on channelattitude.com. I had to go back and rewatch some of that. I might have to refresh my mind on the finish, actually, of uh, the main event because so much has happened between now and then. But we'll be rocking shows all week. It might be a little uh, strange here this week at uh, HMG. I know Big Ray's on uh, vacay for, with his lady celebrating their anniversary. So big shout to Jen and Big Ray. Uh, so this week you might have some switch up uh, co-hosts on uh, the Next Level Review or uh, the, even uh, with – uh, April Hunter on the A show as well. And uh, I'm sure the vet will be pulling overtime, making sure all that shit goes smoothly like the vet does, baby. Check out the vet and let's go, Brandon, over on the impact attack. I think Chris Ams might be filling in. Dr. Jeff Lippman holding uh, holding the, everything up over there on uh, the Rampage review. I got to get that uploaded for you guys. So uh, we'll try and have all the shows up as close to schedule as possible. But like I say, every day is big business around here, big cannabis. Today I got to go look at another possible dispensary property. So uh, I'm excited to be doing uh, business 24-7 and uh, glad to wake up on a Monday morning and hang with the HMG unit soldiers, you guys. But y'all, uh, you know where it is, channelattitude.com, horseshoegenetics.com. The nutrients are up there also on Amazon, so uh, going to be promoting those pretty big as well. So, But uh, y'all, uh, and uh, I think Strangler Steve's going to be back for the Friday locker room and the Wednesday locker room free on Podbean right now. Big shout out to the Andrew Bellow. Uh, obviously Strangler Steve and my man, Billy Ray Valentine, those 11, 11 boys kicking ass and giving you a, you know, a look inside of what they're thinking of going on, what's going on in the wrestling world right now. Glad to see them, those guys back having a good time and be looking forward to having Striz on the Friday locker room as well. So y'all law infidels have a good week, work hard, uh, and don't take no shit from nobody here at Hami Media Group. Y'all law. You want to laugh, Russo? Ding dong. Hello? <laughs>